reaching Israel and the world. Welcome to today's amazing program. I am Cynthia, Rabbi Schneider's wife, and I'm so thankful you've chosen to join us. I pray God touches you through Rabbi's words. God bless you and shalom, beloved ones. This is Rabbi Schneider. I'm excited today to be with you once again in a very important edition of Discovering the Jewish Jesus, where I am continuing today on a message that I'm calling Isaiah and Messianic Prophecy. This is now the fourth part in this series, and I really want to encourage you to get back and go get the other teachings because you don't often hear taught what I'm teaching in this series. We are looking deep into the Hebrew Scriptures to understand the nature of Messianic prophecy. We've been talking about how God performed a supernatural thing through Israel by bringing forth a Redeemer through them that would bring His mercy and love to the entire world. We've been showing how God prophesied this in the Hebrew Bible, but that the prophecy was so subtle, it couldn't be perceived unless Jesus opened the minds, and even so it is today, opens our minds to be able to see it. Now, what we've been building towards is specifically looking for these prophecies in the book of Isaiah. And last week, we began to look at some of these messianic prophecies in the book of Isaiah, and we're going to continue on now, building upon where we left off from last week. Last week, as we began this teaching from Isaiah, I showed you that Isaiah forecasted, he prophesied the birth of the Messiah. When he said, behold, the virgin will conceive and be with child, and it's going to be a sign. And we talked about how Matthew quoted that section of scripture when Jesus was born to show that Jesus is the one that Isaiah was prophesying about. And then we also saw that Isaiah prophesied that the ministry of the Messiah would take place predominantly not in Jerusalem, but in the Galilee area. Matthew quotes this to show Jesus is the Messiah. His ministry took place, church, primarily not in Jerusalem, but in Galilee. And then we went on to see that Isaiah prophesied what would happen on the earth when Messiah exercises his full dominion. It would usher in the messianic age where the wolf and the lamb would lie down together, when no one would be hurt, when animals would no longer prey on each other, where the earth would be covered, even as it's covered now by oceans, it's going to be covered by the Spirit of God. And so we looked at all those prophecies last week, and today we're going to continue on in Isaiah's prophetic book by looking at what are known as four servant songs. As scholars began to study the book of Isaiah, looking for the messianic prophecies, what they found were four very specific, what we're calling songs from Isaiah's book that talked about the ministry of the Messiah. Now, in order to be able to see that it's Jesus that Isaiah's talking about, we need divine revelation. This is why Jesus, as I've been explaining in Luke 24, had to open their minds of the apostles so that they could understand how the prophets wrote about him. Until Jesus opened their minds to understand that the scriptures were all about him, until they had revelation of the fact that all the scriptures pointed to him, they didn't see the messianic prophecy. 
But once Jesus opened their minds, everything dawned on them. They saw how the prophets prophesied, beginning with Moses and with all the prophets, the birth, death, resurrection of King Jesus himself. So with that being said, I want to just read once again for you from the book of Luke, chapter 24, verse 25 through 27, and then the 45th and the 46th verse to set the stage for these four servant songs in the book of Isaiah. Jesus said to them, speaking to his disciples, the apostles, O foolish men, and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary for the Christ to suffer these things and to then enter into his glory? Then... Beginning with Moses and with all the prophets, he explained to them the things concerning himself in all the scriptures. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. And he said to them, thus it is written that the Christ would suffer and rise again from the dead the third day. These four servant songs that I'm going to show you reveal to us the ministry, death, suffering, and then resurrection and glorification of King Jesus himself. We're going to go firstly today to servant song number one, Isaiah chapter 42, verses 1 through 9. And by the way, if you Google Isaiah servant song, you'll be able to see all this online. This is not a term that I invented. This has been around for hundreds of years. Clear messianic portions in the written word of God from the book of Isaiah. Servant song one, here we go. Isaiah says, behold, he's giving forth the word. The Lord is speaking through him. Behold. My servant whom I uphold. Remember, these are called the servant songs because Jesus is the servant of the Lord. Remember, Jesus said, I have not come to do my own will, but I've come to do the will, Yeshua said, of him who sent me. He said, the Son of Man has not come to be served, but to serve. Jesus said, he that's greatest among you, let him be the servant of all. And so once again, the Lord speaking through Isaiah, he says this, Behold, my servant whom I uphold, my chosen one, in whom my soul delights, I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the nations. He will not cry out or raise his voice, nor make his voice heard in the street. A bruised reed he will not break, and a dimly burning wick he will not extinguish. Let's just focus on one verse at a time, because I think if I just read straight through it, we'll miss some of it. Let's go from the beginning. The Lord is saying here that he has put his spirit. I have put my spirit upon him. Remember, Jesus went into the synagogue and he said, the Lord has put his spirit upon me. The spirit of the Lord is upon me, Jesus said. And he began to talk about his ministry, to bring healing, to bring restoration, to set the captives free, to bring deliverance to the captives. So Jesus himself declares from the book of Isaiah that he was the one that Isaiah was prophesying about. We see that same thing here. His servant has the spirit of the Father on him. The Lord says here, I will put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the nations. He will not cry out or raise his voice, nor make his voice heard in the street. A bruised reed he will not break, and a dimly burning wick he will not extinguish. This speaks of the gentle nature of Jesus, that Yeshua is so sensitive to people, he's not overbearing. He's not a person that just rashly just, you know, plows over everybody. He's so sensitive, he doesn't damage the vulnerable ones. He didn't come to exert himself that way. 
He continues on. He will faithfully bring forth justice. He will not be disheartened or crushed until he has established justice in the earth. Jesus will succeed. He ends the gospel. He said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. And he said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And so Isaiah says, this servant, this Messiah, this one whom the Lord has put his spirit upon, he will succeed. He will not stop until he has established justice in the earth. Sometimes we look around and we ask ourselves, will there ever be justice in the earth? There will be justice on the earth because God, who is just, is alive and he's not going to tolerate wickedness forever. The day is going to come when he's going to put his foot down. He's going to exert his authority. King Jesus, Messiah himself, is going to return from heaven with the armies of heaven behind him, and he's going to break up the powers of darkness and exert his reign upon the world. This is called the Messianic Age. And he says, And the coastlands will wait expectantly for his law. Thus says the God, the Lord, who created the heavens and stretched them out, who spread out the earth and the offspring, who gives breath to the people on it and spirit to those who walk in it. I am Yahweh. I am the Lord. I have called you in righteousness. I will also hold you by the hand and watch over you. And I will appoint you as a covenant to the people, get this now, as a light to the nations. This is really important here because Messiah has not just come for the Jewish people alone. But the Messiah is to be God's channel of blessing, to be God's light to all the world. Paul raises the question, is God the God of the Jews only? No, God's the God of the whole world. God is the God of Gentiles and Jews. But it's through the Jewish people and specifically through the Messiah that the grace of God has come to the world. And so in this prophetic song, in this servant song that we're looking at, the Lord is speaking through Isaiah. And he says that the Messiah will be, listen now, a light, not just to Israel, but listen, a light to the nations. To open blind eyes, to bring out prisoners from the dungeon. And by the way, I literally saw in Uganda, God opened the eyes of a woman that had been totally blind for 15 years. She couldn't see me. She couldn't see the crowd. She couldn't see anything. And I stunningly saw God open this blind woman's eye so that now she perfectly sees and is a happy, healthy woman. No longer people taking her to sit in front of a, a building to beg. Now she's walking around and can take care of herself. Isn't that awesome? This is what the God of creation does for those of us that come to him in Messiah Jesus. But it's not just obviously the physical opening the eyes that the Lord's talked about here. He's talking, first of all, about giving us spiritual eyes to be able to see. The text continues here in servant song number one of the book of Isaiah. To open blind eyes, to bring out prisoners from the dungeon and those who dwell in darkness from the prison. Let me ask some of you, can some of you testify that when Jesus came to you, you were in a dungeon? You were in a dark place? I know I was. I was trapped in fear in insecurity, in deception. I mean, I was trapped in the bondage of the enemy 40 years ago in 1978 when Jesus came to me and he set me free. I have a long way to go. 
like many of you, to enter into perfect wholeness and perfect freedom, but I am like so much farther into the light than I ever was before I knew Jesus. This is what he does. He really does, and faith in Jesus, beloved, really works. In Jesus' name, be made whole. Bring this woman up right here. Hold her up right here. Another powerful deliverance of demonic spirits that we saw, beloved, involved a woman that began to explosively manifest demons as I preached the Word of God one night. I exercised authority over the demons in that woman, but it was necessary for that woman to get completely free, for her to confess that she had authority in Jesus' name over the demons that had invaded her life. We began to work with her, but she would not confess that she had authority over those demons that had invaded her space. Over demons. Julia, my people. Julia. The demons. No. The demons. The demons. Finally, after much effort on our part, we got the woman to step forward in faith to take authority in Jesus' name over the demons. And once she confessed that she had authority because Jesus is her Lord over those demons, beloved, it was at that point that she was set free. That Jesus Christ is Lord. I now in you, Jesus have authority and power over demons. Friends, the greatest fulfillment we could ever have is for God to use us in leading someone to Jesus. What a joy it was for us to receive this testimony. I was a witch for all my life I became one because of abuse from my father and mother. I got tired of it and ran away from home at the age of 14. I started using drugs and alcohol and I paid for it by being a male prostitute. I did this for 32 years. I gave my life to Jesus Christ just three days ago and you were the reason I did. Oh, Father, we thank you so much for this man. And I ask that if there is anyone watching right now that needs your son, that you would open their hearts to receive him as their hope and salvation. Reveal yourself in spirit and in truth. Amen. What an awesome God we serve. The purpose of discovering the Jewish Jesus is to evangelize and make disciples through the preaching of the gospel to Israel and the world. But this can only be accomplished through faithful partnership from viewers like you. If God is moving on your heart to become a monthly partner, call 800-777-7835 or visit rabbipartners.com. When you become a monthly partner, Rabbi would like to impart into your life with a very special gift, an authentic shofar made in Israel. The shofar proclaims Yeshua's return and announces the kingdom of God upon the earth. Begin your monthly partnership today. Let's continue on here. To bring out prisoners from the dungeon and those who dwell in darkness from the prison, I am Yahweh, that is my name. I will not give my glory to another, nor my praise to graven images. 
Behold, the former things have come to pass. Now I declare new things. Remember Jesus when he instituted the Lord's Supper communion at the Passover meal. He lifted up the juice or the wine and he said, this is the blood of the covenant. What covenant was he talking about? He was talking about, listen, the new covenant. This is the new covenant in my blood, Jesus said. God has brought forth a new thing through Messiah Jesus. So this servant song that we're in talks about the Messiah's coming and that when Messiah comes, he's going to do, church, listen now, a brand new thing. In fact, every day is new in Messiah because every day he's doing something new in our lives. It's continual newness of life. This is what abundant life is. It's that we have received God's spirit and his spirit that's within us is continually, beloved ones, emanating up into us and from us. Listen now, newness of life. God is always new. When you and I were young, everything was so fascinating. Remember when we began to experience nature for the first time. And when we became adolescents, everything was so new. The world was so fascinating. When we were 12 and 13, 14, 15, 16, 17 years old, every summer was like an endless summer because we were maturing so quickly and every experience was a new phenomenon to us. Everything was so alive. But when people start to get older, they begin to develop an attitude like, been there, done that, and everything gets old. But life in Messiah Jesus, there's always something new. God is always doing more. I know that life is journey, it's a journey, and that we're in a battlefield. I mean, I don't know about you, but for me, my life is a battle every single day. Because you know what? I live in a battle zone. In fact, all of us live in a battle zone. Paul said, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and forces of spiritual darkness. I don't understand these people that seem like they're happy all the time, like bubbly, happy, smiley all the time. For me, I'm in the middle of a war, and I've got to keep on pressing in and pressing on, oftentimes just putting one foot in front of the other, forging ahead in faithfulness. But you know what? Patiently, God is always working in me and through me something new something more, and he's doing that for all of his kids that are faithful to him to just keep on going. And so God has done a new thing in Messiah Jesus, and those of us that have received Messiah Jesus, God is always doing a new thing in our life. Then the Lord concludes here, he says once again, now I declare a new thing. Before they spring forth, the Lord says, I will proclaim them to you. And he's just speaking once here again about the ministry of Messiah, of Messiah's prophetic ministry. Jesus prophesied many things. He spoke to the Jewish people and he said to them, you see the temple, he said, I tell you, not one stone's going to be left standing upon another because you did not recognize the time of your visitation. So Messiah himself declares what's going to happen before it happens. So we just looked at servant song number one in the book of Isaiah, chapter 42, 1 through 9. Let's move ahead now to servant song number two in Isaiah. We're going to Isaiah chapter 49, verse 1 through 13. Hear the word of God. Listen to me, O islands, and pay attention, you people from afar. Now it's interesting, once again, God is calling not just to the Jewish people here, but he's calling to people that live far away. He's calling to the Gentiles because Messiah is the Messiah of all peoples. Listen to me, O islands, and pay attention, you peoples from afar. The Lord called me from the womb. From the body of my mother, he named me. 
He has made my mouth like a sharp sword. In the shadow of his hand, he has concealed me. And he has also made me a select arrow. He has hidden me in his quiver. He said to me, you are my servant, Israel. And remember, Jesus is Israel's divine head. Jesus is the seed of Israel through which God's blessing comes to the entire world. And I talked about that in some of the previous broadcasts in this series. He said to me, you are my servant, Israel, in whom I will show my glory. But I said, I have toiled in vain. I have spent my strength for nothing and vanity, yet surely the justice due to me is with the Lord and my reward with my God. Now this speaks of when Yeshua was on the cross and he lost all his consciousness of the Father. He said, Father, why have you forsaken me? Just for a second, he felt separated from God. But Yeshua affirmed, but I know you are my God and that you will reward me. Verse 5, and now says the Lord who formed me from the womb to be his servant to bring Jacob back to him so that Israel might be gathered to him. For I am honored in the sight of the Lord, and my God is my strength. And he says, is it too small a thing that you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to restore the preserved ones of Israel? I will also make you, listen once again, a light of the nations so that my salvation may reach to the ends of the earth. Here's the ministry of the Messiah. Salvation for the whole world. Thus says the Lord, the Redeemer of Israel and its Holy One, to the despised one, to the one abhorred by the nation, to the servant of rulers. Kings will see and arise. He's speaking of Jesus. Jesus was the rejected one. He was the despised one. But God is speaking over his servant Jesus now that was abhorred by the nation of Israel. God is saying to him, kings will see and arise. Princes will also bow down because of the Lord who is faithful, the Holy One of Israel who has chosen you. Thus says the Lord, in a favorable time I have answered you, and in a day of salvation I have helped you, and I will keep you and give you for a covenant of the people to restore the land, to make them inherit the desolate heritages. All the promises of God are yes and amen in Jesus. Saying to those who are bound, go forth. To those who are in darkness, show yourselves. Along the roads they will feed, and their pasture will be on bare heights. They will not hunger or thirst, nor will the scorching heat or sun strike them down. For you, as compassion on them, will lead them, and will guide them to springs of water, and make all my mountains a road, and my highways will be raised up. Behold, these things will come from afar, and lo, these will come from the north and from the west, and these from the land of Sinim. Shout for joy, O heavens, and rejoice, O earth. Break forth into joyful shouting, O mountains, for the Lord has comforted his people and will have compassion on his afflicted ones. These are all, church, messianic prophecies that have been fulfilled in Messiah Jesus. I want you to know the word of God is deeply rooted all the way back to its very beginning. In fact, the first chapter in the New Testament, Matthew chapter 1, begins by tracing Jesus' genealogy all the way back to Abraham from the book of Genesis. As you begin to understand more and more how the Old and New Testaments connect like a hand and a glove, your faith is going to be strengthened and you're going to be very, very blessed. This is Rabbi Schneider saying to you today, Shalom. Isn't it true about all of us? We love to hear about what we like. In other words, we love hearing about the things that we already like, but the things that we don't like, we don't want to hear about it. 
Well, the reason I'm bringing that up is that sometimes God's people don't like hearing about finances because they don't want to surrender their finances to the Lord. But beloved ones, it's really important because when we surrender our finances, what we're really doing is surrendering our heart and affections. That's why Jesus said, man can't love both God and money. We've got to put him first. Some people say that giving financially, tithing, was just something that was in the Old Testament. But in the seventh chapter of the book of Hebrews, we see Abraham come to Melchizedek, the high priest, who is a type of Christ. And when Abraham met Melchizedek, what did Abraham do? He offered up to God through Melchizedek a tenth of all he had. I just want to encourage you today. Let's surrender our whole lives to the Lord, which involves every area, even our finances. Beloved ones, if you're not tithing somewhere, would you tithe to the Lord through discovering the Jewish Jesus? I want to tell you, you'll be blessed and many souls will be saved. Here's how you can donate or become a monthly partner. Send your tax-deductible gift to Discovering the Jewish Jesus, P.O. Box 777, Blissfield, Michigan, 49228. Visit discoveringthejewishjesus.com, call 1-800-777-7835, or text the keyword RABBI to 45777. To show our appreciation, we'll send you an audio CD and download of Rabbi's Message of the Month and our most recent newsletter. Your gift is bringing salvation, healing, and deliverance to Israel and the world through television, internet, and crusade outreaches. Finally, many of us have been faithful to the Lord with our finances while living. For those of you who like to remember the Lord in your finances when you go to heaven, click Will and Estate Gifts at discoveringthejewishjesus.com. I'm on the Mount of Olives, and I want to close the broadcast today by speaking the blessing that Father God said should be spoken over his people. In the book of Numbers, chapter 6, the Lord told Moses and Aaron, Speak these words over my people, and I will place my name upon them and bless them. Yavarech Vaishmarecha Yair Yahweh Penavelecha Vihunecha Yisa Yahweh Penavelecha Veasem Le Shalom. May Father God, Yahweh, the God of Israel, bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord your Father lift you up by his countenance. And Father God is going to continue, as beloved child, to give you His peace. Revelation today for a brighter tomorrow. Find Discovering the Jewish Jesus on all your favorite social media outlets and stay up to date on the content you love. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and subscribe on YouTube. Connecting with Discovering the Jewish Jesus has never been easier. If two of you agree on earth about anything that they may ask, it shall be done for them by my Father who is in heaven. 
Let our prayer team pray for you. Send us your prayer request today by visiting our website or writing to the address on the screen. Our prayer team lifts up every individual request before the Lord. And then, as God answers your prayer request, or if God has touched your life through discovering the Jewish Jesus, send us your testimony. We want to rejoice with you, and your testimony will encourage others. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Today's episode concludes the series, Isaiah and Messianic Prophecy, Season 1. If you've enjoyed this series and would like to purchase a copy, visit our website or call the number on your screen.